The curtain comes down on spring training for the Marlins. For another year, we now know mainly what the opening day roster will look like. Also, we need to look back. What did we learn throughout spring? All on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. Hit subscribe to the pod wherever you get them. It is your team every day, of course, and there is a YouTube channel. Head on over to there and hit subscribe there. Also, we are over 500 subscribers. Absolute scenes with the subscribers. Uh, And you will see it's late night here. It's a Sunday evening, Sunday episode, bonus episode here on a weekend. Uh, But it was newsworthy. Uh, And as you guys know, if there is news, there is a Locked On Marlins that will shortly follow. And the news uh, that breaking is mm, perhaps slightly overdoing it, but uh, we're starting to get a a feel for what this roster is going to be looking like, particularly the offensive side. Uh, There were some question marks around uh, Guriel, Iglesias, uh, Kim Ang joining the broadcast, uh, letting us know that Yuli Guriel will be making the opening day roster and Jose Iglesias will not Uh, which for some will be seen as a surprise. For some, it will be seen as uh, the wrong decision. Um, But overall, the Marlins have managed to have a conversation with Jose Iglesias uh, and convince him to remain with the organization in the the expectation that he will be needed sooner rather than later, All uh, well, which is most likely anyway. Uh, this episode is brought to you by, well, it's an, and it's a new one, guys. It's our good friends over at Game Time. And you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. More about those guys later on. Uh, but the curtain just about is coming down on spring. There is still a second game today, but I wanted to hit re- hit record on this one. Pretty much as game one in the split squad uh, games ends. The game actually hasn't finished. It's 2-2 bottom of the ninth. The Marlins could actually win and walk it off maybe. We'll wait to see if that actually happens. Uh, But we're into the phase of the game where the the backups are in. And game two itself in this split squad game uh, is all minor league guys. So we've seen the last. We've seen the last spring hacks. From Jorge Soler and Avicel Garcia. We've seen the last opposite field knockos from Jesus Sanchez. Um, and as the dust settles on spring, it's gonna it's 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 good time to look back and consider what we learned, what was new information that we did not know uh heading into spring. I think that's always interesting to do. Um, but I did want to talk about the roster itself. Kim Ang, as I mentioned, uh came onto the broadcast letting everyone know that Guriel has made it. Uh, this was in line with my expectations. When they signed Iglesias to a minor league deal, I initially thought that he would be making the roster. Uh, but overall, like what's driving this? The Marlins are carrying five outfielders. Now, Jazz Chisholm clearly has the versatility to slide into the infield if required. But if, if you put Jazz down as an outfielder, um, the Marlins are carrying five outfielders. Fundamentally, they're a little bit stuck in the outfield right now. And so they... 
were forced into this decision. Whether this would have been the decision they would have taken if perhaps a Jesus Sanchez had a minor league option, if perhaps they could uh, decide just a DFA, Avicel Garcia or Jorge Soler, potentially. But fundamentally, with the money committed to Avicel Garcia and Jorge Soler, um, they're making the team, right? They're, they're on the team. Um, Jazz is in center field. He's making the team. Brian De La Cruz, one of the best hitters in baseball in September. He's done nothing really wrong in spring. He's making the team. Jesus Sanchez, patchy 2022. But what we did see is against righties, and he is a lefty stick, and they don't have a ton of lefty sticks. He offers some power from that side. The shift rules will help Jesus Sanchez. And overall, he's had a very, very impressive spring. So the Marlins were kind of trapped in the outfield. It's meant that with, with two bench outfielders being carried, plus the backup catcher, plus John Birdie, that's effectively your, your full roster, right? So there was just no space for Jose Iglesias due to this outfield situation. And so Iglesias, I think, will be a valuable piece, and we will see plenty of Iglesias through the season um, for certain. He, in effect, becomes next man up. And in some ways, next man up for anyone. If anyone goes down on the roster in the next week, two weeks, month, whatever it might be, Jose Iglesias will be up. He will be the first guy. It doesn't matter, apart from catcher, but it doesn't matter if it's an outfielder. Iglesias will, then, will be the next guy up, in my opinion. So that's what I think Kim would have been selling to Iglesias, that, hey, listen, we can't find a spot for you. We're in a bit of a bind with our roster construction because of some, some options and some money committed. Wait and you will play. That's the sale to Iglesias. And I think when he does get up, there's a real decent chance that that platoon situation will start to occur on a relatively regular basis. If Joey Wendell is healthy, of course, as well, where Wendell will handle the, the action against the righties, uh, and Iglesias, with a good record against lefties too, will handle that. Overall, for the Marlins, that is a win to convince Iglesias to remain in the organization, to be there as the next man up. They also have Garrett Hampson, um, which equally provides probably the next man up after Iglesias. Um, his versatility there, he's played a lot of center field too. And, you know, he he won't be the direct, I wouldn't say the, the, the immediate plan B for center field um, with Jazz. I talk about Jazz shortly as well. I think what we have seen is uh, in the last two games, Jazz hasn't been in the lineup. Who's been in center field? Brian De La Cruz. So again, we're starting to get a, uh, some insight here as to what the roster will look like when they mix and match if, if a guy's having a day off. You know, this is one of the questions, right? They've, they've already had to get Jazz moving out to center field. They asked Jesus Sanchez to do it last year. Jesus Sanchez has played a touch of center field. But overall, I think in the most recent games, we're seeing that Brian De La Cruz is probably the next man up to handle that um, because fundamentally they want De La Cruz to get the at-bats too. Skip Schumacher's already called it out. We want De La Cruz taking the at-bats they want Jesus Sanchez taking the at-bats against righties, not against lefties. Absolutely not. Never, ever again. Um, so, overall, the the offensive side is exactly as I thought it would be around, I don't know, three, four days ago um, when I put it out there on, on Twitter what I thought my opening day roster would look like. From the pitching side, um, this has become a little bit clearer more recently uh, as there's guys that have been hurt plus guys that have been optioned, leaving the Marlins with just 13 uh healthy guys in and around camp that are still uh so it, it became pretty clear the last day or two i'd say the one key element around this is that 
Braxton Garrett's going to make the team. Braxton Garrett, um, he's pitching later on today, so we'll see how he finishes his spring. Overall, Braxy, it's been a really poor, really poor spring for Braxton Garrett. And he's going to make the team, though, likely as this kind of long man role, which I think is interesting, considering how effective Braxton Garrett was when he came up. So the Marlins are asking him to do something a bit different. I did talk about it maybe a month ago on the show to say I thought that there's a reliever profile in Braxton Garrett I think could be really effective. So overall, I think he will have success out of the pen for certain. There's some strikeout ability there with Braxton Garrett across multiple innings. He can spot start when required. However, however, I do... I'm a little bit uncertain about the decision in that I would have liked to have had Braxton there as the next man up, you know, from the the rotation perspective. If something happens to one of the the starters, potentially you slide Braxton Garrett upwards. We'll see what he, how stretched out he remains. Um, if that isn't possible, you're then asking Daniel Castano probably to come up be the next man, you know, next guy up there. Maybe Devin Smeltzer, maybe then Uri Perez. Um, but I think in spring what we did take away and maybe learn is Uri isn't quite ready yet for um for the major league level. And I think it's you know unfair for us to expect him to just come up and, and light it up. Um it is it isn't far away with Uri Perez, clearly, but there's still some development there. Um and that's maybe a tease into what we learned from spring. Um so with that being said, uh let's get into there's two ads actually there's two ads in this segment. Um and the first one is one of our our new ones but a goodie. A newie but a goodie, and it's got the graphics, and it's got the QR code. It's got it all. Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Yes, sir. So, um, and you, I've been talking about this one for a week or so now, and, you know, it's a, it's a fun game, uh, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that, that enjoy this type of thing, the simulation-type games. And if you've ever dreamed about becoming an MLB GM, managing your own professional baseball franchise, well, your dream can can come true with this game, and it's definitely for you. And listen, you get to manage every aspect, the full plethora uh, of management, playing through the season and leading your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing personalities, navigating your franchise through all the free agency decisions, the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. So you can play on the go, as you want and when you want to. Uh, Locked on Marlins listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the code, which you can see, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Ah, and as I mentioned, it is a double... Double ad extravaganza in this segment. So let's get the graphics rolling. Here we go. And this is a brand new one. They're, they're the sponsor of the episode. So I've already mentioned them, but game time. Yes, sir. And if you've ever had any stressful experiences about trying to buy tickets, finding them last minute, hunting down the best price, all of this stuff that comes with trying to source tickets. Um, and this is relevant now, right? We're just approaching, we're you know, four days away from opening day, opening weekend. Tickets are going to be at a premium, guys, right? Um, so this sounds like the perfect one for you now. Uh, and it's the perfect place for last-minute ticket deals. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time 
has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And that includes exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. They've absolutely got it all. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. <sighs> Can't say fairer than that, I'd say. Um, so how, what do you have to do? Here you go. To get tickets without the stress with game time, you download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on MLB, all one word in caps, locked on MLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That is a very compelling offer. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So, roster stuff done. We know what the roster's looking like. I'd be interested to know how you're feeling. Let me know how you're feeling about this roster. Um, when we look at spring, the overarching thing, my main takeaway from spring is the, the concerns around the offense remain. That has to be the main thing. Actually, the main thing to say is we've gone through spring without any major hiccups health-wise. Other teams... I've had guys, I mean, we just saw Reese Hoskins, you know, casually fielding the ball at first base, ACL, done for the year. Edwin Diaz, obviously celebrating the WBC, um, done for the year. Um, so Gavin Lux, done for the year. This can happen. The Marlins have not had it. What I would say is Jazz has missed the last two games. We say it, it, it by all accounts is precautionary. He's being held out. Some sort of fatigue or stiffness or something in his right arm. Who knows? Let's pray. Let me just say that right now, as we're you know four days away from opening day, let's pray that this is nothing serious with Jazz. It would be a huge blow, huge blow, monumental blow to this Marlins team, roster, offense, fan base, if Jazz misses any significant time to open the season up. Really would. Like I said, all reports were precautionary. So let's hope that's the case. The Marlins have made it through spring relatively healthy, which is a real positive. So with that being said, let's, let's, let's start with a positive there. The offense, though, it's fair to say it's been underwhelming. Underwhelming in general. Uh, a lot of guys struggling at times. The main protagonist of that being, I would say, Joey Wendell has really struggled. Jacob Stallings really struggled. And after hot starts, and I say hot starts, like a home run early, you know, each, Avisel Garcia and Jorge Soler, both of them, both of them really struggled. As spring went on, they got weaker. It's not how we're looking for it to be. We're looking for it to be the opposite of way around where you're working on stuff, you're trying to find your groove, you're trying to find your timing. As you get nearer to opening day, things start to click. They haven't. They've gone backwards. Yesterday's game. The two of them combined were 0 for 6 with 5Ks. I think today it was 0 for 5 with 2Ks. Avi hasn't had a hit since last Sunday, I think. You know, it's so discouraging. So discouraging for the Marlins that they have 25% pretty much of their total roster spend on Avicel Garcia and Jorge Soler combined. Those two. Those two have to perform. They have to perform and deliver for the Marlins. They have to. For this team to have any hope, those two have to perform. 
And right now, coming out of spring, it's fair to say there is some nervousness around that being the case. Avi has, has put himself in a better position to succeed this year, coming in with his body in the right kind of shape. So that was really positive coming in. We saw some early results and we're thinking, okay, here we go. Skinny, skinny Avi in an odd year. Let's go. It's tailed away since. Does it mean anything? Does it matter in spring? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But as fans, and I'm sure as a player, he would like to have the confidence rolling into the new year that I'm seeing the ball well. And, you know, come opening day against Max Scherzer, I, have a, I feel good about barreling up some baseballs against Max Scherzer driving in some runs there for this Marlins. I don't know where Avi will be mentally around this right now. I don't know where Jorge Soler will be mentally. Both of them have, have had a real rough stretch the last kind of week and a half, um, maybe even longer. So the offense has not been overly productive. Um, and it's concerning because of last year. We, you, you know, we can't get away from the fact how poor the offense was. And really all the Marlins have done you know, all they've done is add Luis Arias and paid a bit of money for Mean Gene Segura. So they've added in two guys there. They're not difference makers in many ways. Like, I do believe Arias as part of a good lineup is a difference maker. I just think he's a straight-up stud. One of the main things I take away is both him and Gene Segura. I didn't realize how good good a hitters they, they both were. Both of them are impressive. So I like the additions, but they're reliant on the, the heart of the order they're delivering to. Garrett Cooper, he's had a nice spring, in my opinion. Power's completely gone for Coop, though, in the main. Um, he's a different type of hitter than what I thought he was a few years ago. Um, but overall, like I think he's relatively dependable, Coop. He's going to hit like 280, 290, um, limited amounts of power, but it's fine. Get a couple of boys in, you know, on base in front of Coop and let him just you know single and double it around and drive in some runners. More, I'm all good for that. This is the, the Marlins' offense is... Accumulate runs seems to be the way. Um, so overall, spring takeaways, health, offense, struggling. Avi, Hoy, Soler, big concerns. Arias Stud, Mean Gene, said on Twitter, under huge amounts of pressure, not only because zero minor league option, so it's make or break situation forever now for Jesus Sanchez, coming off, you know, an underwhelming year, had a great spring. Had a great spring, Jesus Sanchez, when the pressure was on him specifically, and he's fighting for his life there. He really is. He's fighting for his major league life in many ways. Hits over 300. Think back a few years ago, Isan Diaz, what I always think about. Isan was under pressure. Can you step up? Can you deliver? No. Jesus Sanchez at this point absolutely stepped up and absolutely delivered in spring, cementing his spot for me. It's really, really encouraging. Really encouraging to see from Jesus Sanchez. Absolutely. Let's tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel. And then there's a few other final notes in terms of takeaways from spring. Um, and you know the drill with our FanDuel guys now. But the tournament is heating up. And there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet then you can wager on everything from the money line point spreads 
to when teams will be cutting down the net. Oh boy, oh boy. All on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right. So other main takeaways. And we talked about Jazz earlier, but the takeaway there is center field. It's tough. That transition for Jazz is not easy. The infield to the outfield, not easy. So one of the the key storylines for the Marlins probably all year until it gets to a point where it looks like it's just casual for Jazz. And he's, you know, game after game, week after week, there's no incidents. Until we get to that point, we'll always be feeling a touch nervous as he settles in because it's such a different ask from what he was asked to do in the infield. But what we've seen is that from the defensive side in general for the Marlins, this isn't just Jazz, this is in general. It's not been the easiest start for them. We're expecting some challenges defensively. We are. Mean Gene's being asked to do things. Segura's being asked. Mean Gene and Segura, they're the same guy. Wendell is being asked to play pretty much every day at short. Can he handle it? Luis Arias back in set, at second. Can he handle that? Yuli Gurriel, what we've seen there. Nice glove. How often is he going to be there? Don't know. Good question. You've then got Soler and Avi. Both of them out in the corners. Avi's being asked to play left field a touch more than right. Everyone's being mixed around. But overall, for Jazz, you know, it starts with Jazz. And if he if he can get it right, um, then I think it's it's going to be a huge boost for the Marlins. However, and and my head, I've been in this mindset ever since the news broke. This isn't a long term situation. Kim Ang should be working the phones right now. Everyone's going to be working the phones. It's that time of the year where you got roster moves happening. There's there's players available. What deals can you strike? I don't know. Um, but for me. As, as as the season ticks along, we should be keeping our eyeballs on to see what the Marlins do to try to add to this roster and to center field along the way. Overall, the roster, like offensively, still feels a touch light. Um, it's still missing a big stick or two. And when we look around, like there hasn't been a ton of trades this year, big trades that you'd look at and go. Yeah, the Marlins missed out there. What I would say is the Marlins and Cardinals, they really do match up well. We spoke about it even before Jordan Walker's made this team and this roster, which he now has. The Cardinals have just got so much talent in the outfield and they need some pitching rapidly. The Yankees need some pitching too. I'm not sure about their outfield talent, but they've got some shortstops that look interesting. You know, these rumors, I think they'll be circling for some time. The Cardinals, Marlins hook up for an outfielder pitcher swap. The Yankees with their kind of, you know, up-and-coming middle infielders uh, again, and the Marlins maybe, you know, sending some pitch in that way. We'll wait to see how it goes. Um, what I would say, though, as well, is that the pitching itself looks very nice. We've seen Sandy go bananas over the weekend, faced nine hitters, struck out eight. Edward Cabrera then came and took on a, a loaded Cardinals lineup the day after. It looked even better than Sandy, which is crazy to say. I mean... The Astros lineup that Sandy faced was not overly strong, uh, but Edward Cabrera looked right. Trevor's looked great. You know, the pitching has looked great. The pitch clock seems to be working for the guys. They're working at a rhythm, at a pace that suits them. I mean, there couldn't be any more confidence you could have in a rotation. 
than this Marlins rotation this year. Okay, you can maybe point to Johnny Cueto and say, oh, it's been a bit of a, a poor spring. But Cueto knows what he's doing. He's going to be absolutely fine. Just about keeping healthy with all these guys, for certain. But the pitching has been glorious to watch. The offense has been poor. The defense has been a little bit hairy. Overall, I'd say it's been a real mixed bag for the Marlins. But actually, they kind of look like what we expected them to look like. And that's, you know, many people say, well, it's spring and they're trying out things. But the overarching feel is the offense isn't overly upgraded from last year. And last year it was poor. And the offense hasn't delivered in spring. The defense has taken a step back, and I feel like that's played out. The pitching looks nice. The bullpen looks upgraded in parts. But I say the rotation remains the crown jewel for the Marlins. So overall, I don't think we've learned a ton. I think the Marlins are showing us that they they are what we thought they were. Can they switch it on and switch gears offensively when they face off against the Mets? in opening weekend. That's the main question. The Marlins have got a real tough, a real tough month, to be honest with you. But they've got the Mets. Twins are then coming to town. And then also, um, the Mets, is the Marlins and Mets again. So in that space, the first three series, real tough series. The Marlins need to hit the ground running. Um, lean on the pitching. Can the defense play? And can the offense do its thing? One final thing before I get out of here, because I have run slightly long, but lots to mop up on today. The WBC shone a light on what Lone Depot looks like packed out. And I do believe that if the Marlins can generate this momentum in this season or in the next season, that there will be days when they're packing out Lone Depot on a relatively regular basis. With that being said, guys, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. On a Sunday, I'll be back tomorrow on Monday digging into more recap, more news, probably getting Sean Barrett in the house as well. I'll see you then.